even if mistakes happen, you know, please go back to the drawing board. It could just be that you, you need to be clear on the tax, you know, and what exactly they are supposed to do. And you'll get more results that way. Hi, I'm Murtaz Versi, and this is Engage Relate Perform, the show that helps leaders and organizations drive long-term results by fostering relationships and enhancing engagement. If you're looking to seriously improve your team's performance while impacting lives and succeeding at driving long-term results, then this is the show for you. It doesn't matter that you already have that dream title or simply curious about how far you can challenge yourself. I'll be giving you practical tips, relevant commentary, and valuable insights about how you can engage and utilize relationships with talent, community, and other stakeholders around you to achieve the best results and help them stick long-term. Get all the latest information at mutazaversi.com forward slash pod. Once again, it's M-U-R-T-A-Z-A-V-E-R-S-I dot com forward slash pod. Most people think that more work means more productivity. But this doesn't necessarily mean quality productivity. How do we measure productivity? What habits do we instill to encourage that? Does technology weaken or enhance productivity? Let's dive deeper into this theme with Ojungo Ajunwa, all the way from West Africa, a consultant, training facilitator, speaker, mentor and coach with 20 years of experience in information technology event and project management process improvement and digital social media strategy consulting and a portfolio career focused on capacity building management consulting and helping organizations transform their business digitally she currently runs a company that helps emerging passionate business owners move from idea to growth and profits by improving their business processes, leveraging on technological tools. Very interesting stuff. Really quickly, I want to give you an amazing opportunity to download my very free, very useful, very much for you, ebook titled Engage, Relate, Perform, 90 Days to Conscious Leadership and Performance Culture. It is a 90-day effective guide to get you inspired for your leadership journey daily. These are practical tips you can follow every day to guarantee you give and you get the best out of the existing relationships for long-term results. As I say, it takes 90 days to create a lifestyle. That's what culture means, a way of life. So if you want to do the work, but still enjoy the journey and above all, look forward to it day by day. Then go to mutazaversi.com forward slash pod and download your copy of Engage, Relate, Perform. 90 days to conscious leadership and sustainable performance. Leaders, welcome Ojogo. Karibu sana. Asante. Thank you so much, Mutaza. Well, that was nice. You spoke in Kiswahili. That was brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Let's jump into straight away into it. Okay. The hustle and grind 24-7 culture has many people experience spun out regularly on their job and stuck in the reaction trap. However, we know that most people reach their optimum where they cannot produce better results and need to recharge. What has been your experience working with working to improve performance and productivity? 
Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm truly honored. So to that question, a lot of people are overworked and overspent. You know, just like we have our vehicles, if we always drive it without recharging it, the batteries, you know, and all of that, changing the oil, putting in more fuel, you know, the car would not perform at optimal. So most times we see people, you know, burnt out on busyness. There is a lot of busyness in the air, you know, and we are not really staying on track with the things that are really, really important to us, you know, just because there are so many things requesting for our attention. And um, with a lot of people on social media these days, more than 4.2 billion of us, that is 55% of the world's population. We spend a lot of this time on social media consumption. In fact, an average of two hours, 32 minutes is spent by this 4.2 billion of us on social media. So you find that it starts impacting our attention span, you know, over time. And that attention span has been on the downward spin, you know, in recent times. So sometimes a whole week will go by, a whole month, a whole quarter, and people haven't really achieved anything, you know, because they've not taken out time to detail the things that are important to them. Wow, that's interesting. And I, I remember reading something about the attention span these days. Uh, it used to be about 15 minutes, and the, the, the research shows that the attention span whether it was now or the future, I can't recall exactly, but it says the attention span will be around seven seconds. Just seven seconds. And uh, and that was from a marketing forum, I remember. And they were saying, how do we get the attention of our consumers uh, in seven seconds? So they have to produce something that the consumer can really pay attention or get get focused you know and get over your uh your marketing in seven seconds and that's becoming really scary exactly exactly and, and so why do you think people don't take time to rest or relax like you're saying the 4.2 billion that's 55 percent of the population are on social media uh, what do people need to do? Do they need to rest? Do they need to do something else? Or is it, or is it just distractions that are um, putting them into that situation of burnout? So um, with the times we live in, like I said earlier, it's a lot of busyness. There is the hustle culture, you know, and most times also people don't plan in self-care. Self-care activities could be, you know, you, you do a detox of social media, for instance. You do a detox of, your, of yourself, you know. So sometimes you could do like take some fasts. You know, we forget that fasting helps us to reset our bodies and our minds. So by the time you're having some fasts, you're putting some downtime on your physical being, you know, and then it also calms down your mind. And if you could, you know, go to places where there is a lot of quiet, you know, that's why, that's why you see people that in the monasteries, sometimes they spend it in silence, you know, so we've also forgotten the silence culture, you know, because if we're able to, 
um, you know, disconnect, detox from social, um, you know, conduct a fast, find a quiet place to even, you know, calm down and meditate. You know, you see that some of your best ideas will even be bettered, you know, in such times. Yeah, you remind me of something. Um, you know, when you're telling me about moving to a quiet place and, uh, you know, that fasting, uh, quiet place reminds me of a story when I uh, shifted to from one place, one house to another. Uh, and at that time, I used to, we used to live as a family with my mother. And I remember um, in the old house, we used to have uh, a garage uh, at the bottom or outside that house uh, where during the day they would do a lot of welding and, uh, you know, building, uh, uh, doing a lot of iron work. And there was a lot of noise. And that mom would get really upset with those guys when they were putting in a lot of noise. Fast forward, we moved to another house. Now she had a challenge. She couldn't sleep because she missed those, those noises. And she, she, she literally uh, complained to me that I can't stay in this such quiet place where I can't hear those things that were going around. And so I, when you say buzziness, it, makes, it really takes me back to that point. And I said, yes, is our mind, is our brain really um, focused or is it, is it uh, uh, takes the, the part where uh, we are more accustomed to noises and we forget about going to a quiet place? And what happens when you go to a quiet place? Right. What what do we do with it? So, yes, that reminds me uh, quite a bit about my mother. But another point that going to a quiet place and trying to uh, to regenerate your your mind and your thinking. Um, how do we how do we uh, put that into this buzziness uh, of people? Because we know what we need. Uh, what are your practical tips of how should people really take up that buzziness to silentness uh, during their uh, business uh, week? What's your suggestion and guidance to that? So um, taking out time in your schedule, because you have to be intentional to plan this in, you know, to stay away from the noise. It's a form of retreat. You know, so most times when you're able to retreat from the busyness of life, you're able to come up with better ideas, like I said earlier, you know, and at such times you could be able to, first of all, audit your time, you know, take a look at your morning routines and your evening routines, what takes up a lot of your time, you know, and you could even journal this. So when you journal it, you're able to find out, okay, I'm doing a lot of work that maybe I don't enjoy and I struggle with it. So by the time you identify the tasks that are like things you should delegate, you can, you know, take that time to say, okay, I should delegate X, Y, Z. Or maybe your team and you cannot even do it. You could think, okay, let's outsource this. So by the time you audit your time, you're able to think, okay, we should delegate this, we should outsource this. Or 
we should automate this. So sometimes AI tools we have today can pick up a whole lot of admin tax, you know, your invoicing, especially for business owners that are like solopreneurs, you know, it could pick up a whole lot of it. It could invoice, it could send reminders, you could automate emails, you know, that need to go out to your customers. You could automate your sales funnels. You know, so that you're not always, you know, in a lot of motion, you know, because a lot of this motion also um, reduces our creativity. So by the time you audit your time, find out where your time wasters are, you know, you can then delegate, outsource, automate. And then I also suggest to people to reduce clutter. You know, sometimes all of the clutter on your decks, in your room, in the office, if you have a home office or, you know, a normal physical office, it could be so distracting. So most times to reduce, you know, that, um, that thing that causes you to be distracted often, you know, set your, set your place in order. It seems really simple, but then it causes a new flow of energy, a new wave of clarity, you know, and you're able to do more. I would also suggest apps on your phone, you know, in case you use a phone that all the apps notify you, every single thing going on, there is a notification. I want to free up your mind today by telling you that the notifications can be turned off, you know, so you could also always go to the settings and turn off notifications for when you have time, you know, to go back to them. There's also an app called the Pomodoro app, you know, so you could use it to retrain yourself uh, and retrain your concentration. So some of the apps produce white noise, you know, white noise could be silent sounds like raindrops, like, you know, when, um, when you're using uh, wood to cause a bonfire, that kind of sound. You know, and even on YouTube, there are concentration music videos that could be playing silently in the background. But all of them are help your brain to be wired in such a way that you do so much more in the span of time, you know, that you need to focus on certain tasks. So again, um, again, I would also suggest um, reducing your screen time. You know, we spend a whole lot of time on our phones, on, you know, our laptops, on television. By the time you cut down the screen time, you know, you see that you're releasing a lot of time to do the more important things. Interesting. I got, I got into that situation about my uh, on-screen time. And uh, yes, I then decided to say, well, you know what? I will put my screen off uh, from eight o'clock to five o'clock and I will only um, switch it on uh, after five. And I said, except WhatsApp, because there's a lot of business going around for me on WhatsApp. But it was a challenge, I must say. It took me a while and I still have a challenge of uh, going through my social media every now and then, right? My Facebook, my LinkedIn. Those are the two uh, social media that I constantly love to check and my WhatsApp. Uh, and has taken a lot of uh, efforts to get rid of the other ones, but I still can't get out of that 
those three uh, apps that I still have. And, and sometimes, you, you know, rightfully, we say that, you know, technology can improve your productivity. But sometimes it's not a way. It, it actually takes away time. Exactly. It's a lot of time. And that's a lot of time that it takes. So I watch sometimes uh, it even takes, let's say, about two hours of a day in my, uh, on my uh, applications. Now, that's a lot of time that I can spend on, 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 on that app, right? And I think that's, uh, that's so important that you say that we have to try. How do you do that? How do you really stop yourself uh, not using those applications? I think even Zuckerberg, Facebook's um, CEO, you know, he, he knows about this. So if you go on your Facebook, there is also an opportunity for you to say, okay, I want to be logged off, even if I want to try. I, w- I want to be logged off from, you know, viewing Facebook for more than two hours a day. So that once you're, you've exceeded that time, it locks you out. So that way you're retraining yourself to know that, oh, do not go scrolling passively, you know. So you go in when it is the time for it. So it's not now that you're you're taking yourself off completely, but then you're restricting it to certain time. And I think if you use an Apple phone again, you can also adjust your the time you spend on certain apps that are important for you. And you can also track it, you know, week after week intentionally, you know. So if you notice, oh, I'm spending six hours on, for instance, LinkedIn. You know, are those six hours also audited to find out, are those six hours, you know, really productive time? Am I using it to engage, connect, create my content, you know, and all of that? Or am I just scrolling through groups, you know, and all of that? Because we can't even consume every piece of content out there. You know, it's quite a lot. Um, someone says to watch YouTube videos, you could spend a thousand years and you've not finished, you know, because it's quite, yeah, it's quite I know. enormous, mm. you know, so on your Apple phone, for instance, you can set those, you know, hours you want to spend on specific apps. You can go, you know, that micro and by the time you do it, it also locks you out, you know, when you want to go back to it, except you say, okay. I just need an extra 15 minutes and they would allow you in. But all of those things help you to even readjust, you know, the behavior because it's the behavior that we are looking at. It's not really perfectionism, you know, but the behavior, tackling the behavior. Yeah. And yeah. And another one could be time blocking. You know, there are so many tools to time block, but the first is your journal, you know, so be intentional about your month, your week, your quarter, the year. You know, um, for me, I make use of several things, you know, to time block. I time block with Trello or Asana. You know, I actually have the two tools and there are so many more out there, you know, that you could use to time block. And I also use my journal, you know, so that when I tackle the important tasks, I think there is a book that talks about eating the frog. You know, eat the frog. <laughs> I don't know who wrote that book. Is it Brian Tracy or so? I'm not really sure. I think it was Brian Tracy. Yes, it was okay. Brian Tracy. Okay. So he says, take on the most important, difficult task first thing first. 
you know. So at that time, your high energy and all of that, by the time you tackle those really important ones first, you'll free up your mind and you'll now be able to, you know, do the, the less important ones later on when your brain power may have reduced, you know, and so on. Again, um, when you time block, also put in time, uh, um, sometimes we call it death time. Maybe you're waiting for your dentist, waiting for a flight to take off. You could, you, you know, use those times to now do the extra fun things that you like to do, you know, and all of that. So time blocking helps, um, blocking your screen time and watching and tracking it, trying to improve it all the time. They really, really help, you know. So by the time you're doing this consistently, you see the behavior will change and you're retraining yourself. Oh, that's that that's that's something quite helpful, especially when you when you talk about dead time. I think it's about being cautious about those dead time, being aware. And I think this 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 the whole concept of being um Uh, effective and having the focus of let's say seven minutes or seven seconds uh, and you know being really being focused and then being distracted all the time uh, that really puts a lot of strain on, on us and I think you're right having the right stuff to do having the journal and yeah the, the book you were talking about was eating the ugly uh, frog first right having that time management making sure that you use uh, your time effectively is a behavior as well on its own um, that you have to really start being more conscious about the time and being able to um, use it effectively looking at the technology as well uh, your experience about using technology how much has it reduced how much time has it reduced in using technology uh, to improve productivity so using technology to improve productivity really goes a long way like when i started i mentioned automating certain tasks so for instance i will just paint a scenario um someone goes to your business website you know is there a way that the person a client a potential client visits your website is there a place that you know you're able to track their details you know something that would lead them into filling a form you know and the form is actually connected to your crm and in such a way once they hit the crm you know they they trigger like an email response you know an automated email response that helps you um you know manage them till when a team member or yourself you know finally has time to go in and take their brief so by the time you do such a thing imagine you know in a certain day you have 30 people visit and all of them go through your the process of filling a form uh, an automation welcomes them you know, and all of that, and they feel heard, you know, and they are waiting to now be, um, you know, for their inquiry to be treated. It saves a lot of time for the team, you know, and the business. So you're now doing the more important things, you know, of, okay, going through what they filled in on the form and, you know, assigning it to the proper line manager, 
and things like that. So if you're able to, you know, handle your business like a machine that way, you know, with this scenario, you know, you find out that different parts of your business could actually be automated, you know, hands off. And in our world, in our world, it's actually a 247 world, you know, uh, made possible by the internet. So someone could be in Tanzania, in Nigeria, in Ghana. And if you set your automations right, you could still be working with someone in India, in South Korea, you know, and so on without the hand touch. So that reduces the time drain, you know, on the team. And um, another thing is being able to plan ahead, you know, for in, with your team, you could plan ahead on, um, you know, for meetings you should have every month, um, being able to make sure that the meetings are well orchestrated and you're doing the important meetings. Because I see a lot of people spend time on meetings that may not would have been an email, you know. <laughs> so um, instead yeah, of you, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Instead of using an email or maybe a system like Trello, you know, you could actually um, have a collaborative board on Trello or Asana and have them go through and leave comments on certain tasks and things that they are doing. So by the time you're able to do most of these, you know, with these tools, it reduces the time drain, you know, and um Something we also make sure we do is to help our team track their time. You know, so for people that work virtually with us, we tell them, please use a, a free time tracking tool. And there are so many. There is Toggle. Um, there is also timesheet.com. There is clicktime.com. I think that one has a free trial. You know, so your team can also account for what they use their time to do so that they are using their time for billable productive tasks. So by the time you incorporate this into your business, you know, and you're actually creating more efficiencies than business, you know, you see the results at the end of the month will be totally different. Mm, I like that. Uh, billable engagements where it makes them conscious as well in how they do business. And, you know, uh, that is really a very important aspect of being more productive and making the team more productive, not only yourself uh, in terms of that. I'll take that as a great learning for me as well. But I also know meetings. I mean, I have um, I've been working with a number of organizations and we've changed the meeting pattern. It always used to be a sitting meeting. And when people sit, they can sit for hours and talk about stuff that are not important at all. Uh, so we've introduced uh, quite a number of organizations as well. Uh, we say, look, there is a, a cocktail meeting. And in a cocktail meeting, people stand and have a meeting. And normally it takes about an hour, a cocktail meeting. There is a dinner meeting set up where it takes about three hours for the time you arrive to the time you remove your jacket, you sit, you talk, you chit chat, you get food, one course after the other. So there's a three hour uh, uh, dinner meeting. Uh, but you also have those corridor meetings where you don't, you just pass by and quickly do some uh, quick discussion and move on. And quite a number of organizations felt that, you know, the, the cocktail meetings are more productive, quick, 
and uh, very uh, focused on one issue and get rid of it and move on. So, uh, and meetings, it is reduced their uh, productivity time or their day by almost 20, 25% uh saving time in 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 doing those meetings because you need to do one thing and you have to call the whole bunch of people to discuss and uh and they they blame it on or they use the excuse of inclusiveness and teamwork and sometimes you really even don't need that right have you experienced something like that in 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 organizations in uh in in nigeria yes in fact we have a lot of meetings that you know at the end of the day, they're actually pointless, you know, because you're just discussing routine admin things that would have been, you know, if you had a tool, you could have just easily plugged it into the tool and make sure it's open, you know, it's open for them to collaborate on. So if they are able to collaborate on them, you know, you would see, um, you now have meetings where you're now discussing certain issues. And um, to cop it, I like the, that you said the cocktail meetings because it, they are standing meetings, you know. They, they make you just talk quickly and, you know, go away to back to work, you know, and all of that. So um, there's this practice in agile project management. We'll call it the daily scrums, you know. So scrum, daily scrums are like 15-minute stand-up meetings, you know. So everyone is standing you know, and they are dealing with, okay, what do we have to do for today? You know, what did we do yesterday? And what do we have to do for today? And quickly... That's a scrum and sprint, right? Yes, like a sprint, a, a quick sprint of, okay, this is what we are focusing on today, you know. And by the time you set the stage that way, you know, people are tax-focused and re- more results-oriented than, you know, just having meetings about... So many admin things. And like you said, when people sit, they could, and there is coffee, you know, they could talk forever. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that's, and and how do you think, uh, you know, this, uh, this way of improving productivity helps uh, if you're in a leadership position, how do you think it helps you now as a leader to impact lives or impact results? Uh, when you're able to use technology, improve your personal productivity, but your also team's productivity. All right. So uh, by the time you use some of these hacks and things I've shared, it actually would improve your process. So you'll be able to find out, okay, where are the waste in our process? You know, what are the things that are wasting our time, our resources? You know, and by the time you identify all of that and, you know, you rectify it, there will be more efficiencies. So things that could you could have done for eight hours, you find yourself doing it in four hours, you know, and all of that. So um, being able to handle your business, you know, in such a way that you're looking at efficiency, you're looking at productivity, you would actually get rid of waste and you know, repeat or rework situations, you know, because one, if you're, if you're automating something, for instance, it removes the, the, the human error from it. And, you know, the machines, once you set it up the right way, you know, the machines are able to take up what you've set up, you know, and by the time you're doing that, productivity is increased and efficiencies are increased. 
And of course, your bottom line would show for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as a leader, you get more time to um, to add uh, value uh, value to your time by, let's say, coaching your subordinates and coaching your team to be able to further improve the business. Um, I love all that you said, and I, I am so uh, intrigued by the, the things that you do. And surely we'll be talking offline about some of the stuff that we'll probably need to work on or even discuss. Uh, Ajuko, I really appreciate your time and thank you so much for sharing some of the wealth of your knowledge uh, on this platform. Uh, I want to wrap up this session with uh, a usual three requests that we normally do. It's our tradition to do that. Uh, the first one is uh, something that the last speaker uh, a question that a last speaker left behind for you to answer. And the last speaker was Diana Lizer. She is the Consumer Choice Africa Award uh, CEO. And she wants to know. In engaging people in doing whatever it is that you're doing, what are the lines of what you should involve them in and what you shouldn't involve them in? So let's hear from you. What is your advice to Diana about that? and to the, the listeners. So beautiful. Thank you so much, Diana, for that question. So when you're engaging people, you know, you, you must um, first of all think about the tax ahead um, and make sure that it's clear to them. You know, so clarity, really important. And again, um, you should also state to them um, if they have issues, who do they escalate those issues to? and when you when you engage people, you should also give them the tools of the trade, you know. So there must be some form of guidance. So you could create things like your SOPs, you know, um, your standard operating procedures. You should show them exactly how to do things step by step. Because sometimes when we delegate, you know, we 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 forget to show them the exact process. You know, and when they come in with errors, we'll be like, why did you do this? And sometimes you see business leaders, they will, they would not want to delegate again because they don't want mistakes to happen. You know, even if mistakes happen, you know, please go back to the drawing board. It could just be that you, you need to be clear on the tax, you know, and what exactly they are supposed to do. And you'll get more results that way. Brilliant. So... Go back to the table, be clear, delegate, and don't, if I understand well, abdicate. Great, great answer. Thank you so much. The second tradition that we have is for you to leave a question for the next guest. So what will be your question for the next guest? So my question for the next guest would be, how do you stay motivated in an environment that constantly there are so many challenges like back to back? How do you keep yourself motivated as a leader? Great question. And I'm looking forward for the next guest to answer that. And I'm really intrigued with that question as well. Uh, the final thing that we have, Ajiogo, uh, is you have 30 seconds to broadcast any of your message to the world that is going to listen to this podcast. And this podcast goes globally. So you have that 30 seconds, which starts now. 
If you need help with implementing any of the things we talked about for your organization or your personal business, you know, you could actually contact me. I'm on Instagram as coach underscore O-J-I-U-G-O. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that is what Ojiogo has for us today. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support us, please share this with your friends and family, post about it on social media and leave a review. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day and have a great tomorrow. Uh, until the next time, merci beaucoup. You've been listening to Engage, Relate, Perform, hosted by me, Mutraza Bersi. Make sure you've subscribed to this show so you don't miss a single episode. And be sure to visit mutrazaversi.com forward slash port to download all the resources, show notes, and all the freebies mentioned in this episode, including your copy of my highly effective ebook, Engage, Relate, Perform. 90 Days to Conscious Leadership and Performance Culture, plus extras just for subscribe. Once again, go to matazaversi.com forward slash pod and get everything you need. And we'll be back next week for more Engage, Relate, Perform.